Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love, I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name's Chris Lambert. And my name is Travis Bean. And you know what? I'm sitting here in my new home on the basement floor, the floor of my basement. It's carpeted, don't worry, but I don't really have an ideal setup right now. And it seems fitting that I'm sitting on the floor of my basement because Kanye's about to help me touch this guy, and I'm really going to need that help today. I got to testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day I die, I'm a touch sky. Yeah, you're gonna rise up to a chair one of these days. <laughs> yep, then I'm gonna go up the stairs into my kitchen. And then you know what? I may go up even more stairs up to my bedroom to go to bed. <laughs> I like the idea that you build just like a little podcasting booth on the roof of your house. <laughs> Connie told me to do it. Right? I mean, it's windy, but at the same time, you're going to have a good view of that sky. Testify. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Touch the Skies are uh, our topic today, isn't it? It sure is. I mean, and I- I'm really excited about this because I-, I think I've always thought of this on as like, I- I'll just put it up front right now. Like, I've never like been super into Touch the Sky, like, because I, I think part of me always... Um, wanted to not like the radio hits of Kanye. Like I always wanted like the weird Kanye songs, but I mean, it's hard to deny it, you know, after all the prep work we did and listening to it over and over, like the song's a fucking jam. Yeah. It, it always wins you over. I think Yeah, <laughs> there's just so much like energy and joy. It's one of those songs where it's like, I feel kind of the same way in that, it's such a popular Kanye song. There's times where I'm just like, well, I don't need to listen to Touch the Sky. <laughs> kind of like the same way with Good Life, where I'm just like, well, yeah, it's just like the feel-good Kanye song. I want more of the emotional, like, <laughs> Kanye. But <laughs> then you put it on, and you're just like, yeah, yeah. You just jump through the roof of your room. Yeah. Though, I got to say, of these songs, like, there was a, the trio of, like, Touch the Sky, Good Life, and Champion. 
I think Champion's grown on me the most since we started the show. Yeah. Um, and you know what? This song really grew on me this time because, uh, you know, we're heading through late registration for the second time. And I think we have a better idea of like the, the narrative and the story being told throughout the album and really the thematic focus. And what's really made me like this song is fitting it into the album and how it comes right after heard him say, which is pretty downbeat, fairly dour song, a pretty pessimistic song about just like how your place in the world and how you can feel like there's no chance for you to rise up, become something bigger. I mean, and specifically it's, it's Connie's talking to the African American community, but it, applying that on a broader level i think it's something a lot of people can relate to and then you go into touch the sky and we go from this like quiet symbol that starts the song to like it blows up and there are horns you're just like oh man like it's it just seems so obvious that kind of is making a, a clear aesthetic choice there yeah and i think that's the biggest thing that's jumped out to us just through the first two songs that we've talked about right or are going to be talking mm-hmm. about in when we were looking at College Dropout the first time, we looked at it as just a collection of songs. And we did the same thing with Late Registration, though at some point in the middle of the Late Registration season, OG Late Registration season, we realized that there was more of a, a theme between like past, present, future going on. But we didn't think that there was that much connection between tracks, like right. that you would see them having any kind of conversation with one another the way that you see on graduation or my beautiful dark twisted fantasy Jesus, it just seemed like Kanye was still in the early stages of figuring out how to link songs together. But that was the big realization we had when we came back to the college dropout was that all of those songs are in conversation with each other and you can see the flow Mm -hmm. that he goes from, we don't care to all falls down to Jesus walks or to spaceship to Jesus walks to never let me down where you see this growing like momentum towards escaping the situation that we start with, with we don't care. And the specific song lyrics aren't really talking to each other the way that we see mm-hmm. on the later Kanye albums, but the energy is changing over right. the course of those tracks to where you can, you can see the movie in your head. Once you kind of take the step back and look at how the songs develop and we're seeing more of that relation, at least here in just this microcosm between heard him say and touch the sky, where, as you're saying, there's a very deliberate countertone from how like bleak heard him say really is, even though there is a little bit of hopefulness mm-hmm. in the refrain to just how unabashedly joyful and pure touch the sky is in terms of happiness. And in that way, you kind of end up with the polarities of the college dropout where college dropout starts with, we don't care and ends with Kanye in last call celebrating his success. And here you start with heard him say, and the very next track you're in touch the sky. So you almost get the whole, the college dropout journey just in these first two tracks, <laughs> which is really cool. It's like, I, and I think we talked about this before, so forgive me for rehashing, but I mean, college dropout, you're totally right. Like you can sense the energy throughout the album, but it's not like, it's not necessarily that you can look at the lyrics and like see the story. Like you could just, you could just kind of split the college dropout into acts like act one. Kanye's like trying to believe himself, trying to rise up. 
Act two, he's made it. He's a celebrity. He's making hit songs. Act three, he realizes like what he should be doing with his music and realizes who's important in his life and who he's singing for, et cetera, et cetera. Late registration isn't really like that. It's, I guess it's, it's, it seems to me more like experimental in that way to where you can't like break it down so easily like you could have the college dropout into like three acts. But the songs are playing off each other constantly and building that story in like their own way. And it's much more like universe building to me, I guess. Like it almost feels like a, a grand anthology series or something like over time, like by the end of it, you're like, Oh man, like they, he really built up a world there. Yeah. Much like, I mean, we compare the structure of this a lot to 808s and heartbreak, right? Mm -hmm. Like 808s and heartbreak, you definitely enter into a mindset and world and universe. that's very distinct and even though each song is its own thing, it's all part of that same tone that really sweeps you in. Uh, I feel like it's a very similar thing here. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so with Touch the Sky starting that way, one of the interesting side notes about this is that it is apparently <laughs> the only song on late registration that Kanye didn't produce. <laughs> and when Chris told me that, I gasped. Because I can't think, I can't bear to think of a Kanye song that isn't produced by Kanye himself. But then I thought about it for a few more seconds, and I was like, that actually isn't that surprising to me. Because I think of, God, of all the songs on late registration, especially if I'm comparing it with "Heard Him Say," where there's so much going on, and he has like two samples that are like purposely playing off each other and like carrying different messages. Like it's kind of complex that way sonically. This sounds a little more just straightforward. Like it's the Curtis Mayfield song on loop over and over. There's lots of horns. It never really changes, you know, but I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily need to. Like it's like you said, it's joyous and it and it chooses this aesthetic and it sticks with it and, and it works because of that. But at the same time, if I'm thinking about Kanye, I mean, especially Kanye in his early days when he seemed to <laughs> he wanted to show the world how much he could do and how many samples he could throw together and how talented he was like. It's a pretty simple song when you break it down. Yeah. Yeah. I, as somebody that's not that production focused, what you're saying like clicked for me as soon as I, yeah. like you made me think about it. I was like, oh yeah, it does seem a little bit more straightforward in that way. And, you know, it coming from Jess Blaze, who was another, uh, Rockefeller producer at the time and had worked on the blueprints and actually made my favorite song on Eminem's recovery, which was mm -hmm. no love. Um, just blaze was, I don't know, like just somebody cool for Kanye to like work with in that way. And feels like somebody that, especially in that time coming off of like working together on blueprints and black album, uh, would have made a song that was very much in Kanye's lane, which this this is. Yeah, um, and, and I think one other important thing to know, and I, I don't mean to like knock Kanye down at all by saying this, but like he probably was looking for a radio song, and this is like such a radio song. Like it's not too complex. It, like I said, it kind of loops the same sounds over and over, and um, it kind of eases you into it as opposed to something like even gold digger I, I would say is like kind of a song that challenges you a little bit more yeah i think so and 
the move on up sample by Curtis Mayfield. So we constantly, I'm sure a lot of you familiar with the show, constantly talk about Kanye's use of samples and the meaning that's there. We just did it on the Heard Him Say episode, making a big deal about that. What's interesting here is that it, Kanye didn't choose this sample, right? Mm-hmm. It's Move On Up by Curtis Mayfield. Hush not, child. And don't cry. Your folks might understand you. And so it's funny because it's about touch the sky and you still have the sample move on up, which is something that just blaze added in like before Kanye got to the studio and he played Kanye a few different versions of the song. And this was the one Kanye picked. And part of that's just because it sounds awesome, right? Like Mm -hmm. that sample really works. Like the horns are amazing, but I do wonder if it's also because Kanye knew that, move on up had the most connection to the idea of touch the sky Mm -hmm. and what touch the sky represents you look at the lyrics from move on up and it's hush now child and don't you cry your folks might understand you by and by just move on up toward your destination though you may find from time to time complication like bite your lip and take a trip though there may be a wet road ahead and you cannot slip just move on up for peace you'll find into the steeple of beautiful people where there's only one kind like take nothing less than the supreme best do not obey rumors people say because you can pass the test just move on up to a greater day with just a little faith if you put your mind to it you can surely do it it's such an appropriate sample for what this song is doing i do wonder if that's one of those things where it's like just blaze knew the idea of like touch the sky already maybe it heard kanye's verse like and just knew that this song also fit with that concept but as we talked about like following especially the samples that were being used on heard him say that were about like nothing lasting forever and letting a love go now having something that's so triumphant and forward pushing it's just again very fitting for the energy of the song yeah it almost seems like the lyrics have moved on up just speaking to heard him say like hush now child don't you cry i heard him say is it feels like a kid looking at the world thinking like god the world's working against me and there's nothing i can do about it and in that way you almost wonder if like kanye purposely embodied that and heard him say so he could then offset it with something like touch this guy and kanye trying to be the source of inspiration saying like no look like i made it all you have to do is believe in yourself and like follow me i'll be your guide well to that end like it's hard to think about heard him say and not think about we don't care right Mm -hmm. both of kanye's albums college dropout and late registration at this point start with laying out the experience that people have that can be debilitating uh in just the situation that they're in in chicago specifically for kanye but just how complicating it can be in some ways as you're saying like heard him say 
captures a lot of the like energy of we don't care and all falls down while then actually getting into that celebratory chorus and taking it to the next level of like yeah actually throw your hands up in the sky like we're touching the sky we're doing this it really is like channeling this song but taking it to the place of like there is hope come on let's go get it yeah it's um it's working i feel inspired Mm -hmm. and man i don't know if that gets talked about enough just (laughs) this playing on the chorus from we don't care i it makes me love the song like even more it's one of those little things like you might not think about a lot of the times that you listen to it but when you do it puts it in conversation with one another and just having that juxtaposition uh that conversation between those songs that extra depth goes a long way yeah and and it's a you know another beautiful sign of kanye like always changing it up He, he could have easily just made college dropout part two and kind of gone through the same motions but like you're saying like the combination of heard him say uh, touch the sky and then soon gold digger like you we're going to see a much different kind of portrait and narrative being painted and it's just really cool how Kanye's kind of taking the same topics but playing on them very differently yeah right because there is more of a flat contrast between what we get on heard him say and touch the sky right or we don't care it's a last call mm. like it's just things were like this now they're like this right but with Gold Digger, you enter into the gray area, and I'm excited to get there. Mm. But first, <laughs> touch the sky, you know? Yeah. I gotta testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day I die, I'ma touch the sky. Gotta testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day I die, I'ma touch the sky. So we start with uh, Kanye in the chorus. I got to testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. (laughs) I prefer to hear you read the lyrics and Kanye shouting them. (laughs) I appreciate that, Travis. I appreciate that. And this is one of those things. I don't know how often Kanye does it these days when it comes to like how the lyrics flow and the poetry of the lyrics. But early on, he was doing this a lot more where he would uh, take phrases or terms and find other words that kind of fit them. So like testify sounds like touch the sky Mm -hmm. and just having that beautiful poetry of, I got to testify. I'm a touch the sky. just little things like that. Fantastic. Extra fly. I mean, that put that in there too. Yep. And the extra fly still comes back to what we were talking about with Wake Up Mr. West and DeRay Davis, the character he's embodying, critiquing Kanye's look, Mm -hmm. right? Like, backpack, you look like a goddamn fourth grader. (laughs) And Kanye's still, like, not stopping at that. He's still going to look extra fly. This is still his look. So there's something, like, continually representing himself and branding himself as that person that is looking fly like i'm gonna dress well and we should have seen the fashion thing coming you know (laughs) i know that's so interesting to think about these days is like as much as we think of kanye now as like kind of this fashion mogul like somebody who owns a fashion brand and think of it almost more like a job for him like this part of kanye's always been there and really why he got in the fashion like 
He wants to help people look extra fly. <laughs> he wants to do it at an affordable price. Like he's been working for so long towards that. And that was something he was saying in the, the Nick Cannon interview as well, right? He's like, we have designers that have worked at like Gucci and other top tier fashion houses that are now working on a line of clothing yeah. for the Gap. Crazy. Or it's it's not the Gap. It's just Gap. Just Gap. As Kanye, as Kanye <laughs> declared during the interview. <laughs> That's an improvement, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so for the day I die, I'm gonna touch the sky. Got to testify. Come up. And, yeah. So we just get that, but it really like sets the energy and sets the tone of what we're getting into this is a song about achievement and success yeah and 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 i know he didn't necessarily produce this on our shirt although i'm sure he had plenty of say in it like it kind of has a cool intro where the horns you know blare up and they're so present and then the horns kind of go away during the verse and kind is controlling the energy but the horns will like you know they'll bleep in like every few lines and then when the hook comes back in the horns come back in full and they're like kind of dominating and that's just a really cool choice because it really announces the verse and it really does make you feel like you're gonna touch the sky. I'm gonna touch the sky. Back when they thought pink polos are hurt the rock before Cam got the shit to pop. The doors is closed. I felt like bad boy street team. I couldn't work the locks. Now let's go. Take them back to the plan. Me and my mama hopped in that U-Haul van. Any pessimists, I ain't talk to them. Plus, I ain't had no phone in my apartment. Yeah. See, this is what I want for music. Just those ebbs and flows, you know? Yeah. I, too many artists don't do it. <laughs> That's for another podcast. Yeah, I'm just having a moment as I sit here, like, <laughs> bleakly thinking about albums I've listened to in 2020 that have disappointed me. Should I and all the listeners just have a moment of silence for you, Chris? Yeah. Me and my pretentious tastes. <laughs> yes. Please have a moment of silence for me. Okay, we'll give you three seconds. Okay, let's move forward. Okay, I'm too pretentious to exist in this world. Okay, so verse one. Uh, back when... <laughs> it's the most pretentious thing to say. <laughs> back when they thought pink polos would hurt the rock. And again, Kanye like mm. speaking out about his fashion choices yeah. and grounding the fact that like he, he dresses this way and people need to accept it. Oh, what do we got here? Heads up, there's smoke in the bedroom. Oh, the wow. alarm may sound. The alarm is loud. This has never One happened second. in Washington Throne history. <laughs> While Chris is gone, um, I want to tell you all about my new 4K television that I ordered. It's supposed to be here actually today, but I don't think it'll get here, which I'm pretty bummed about. I'm pretty excited to watch my new 4K television, 65 inches. Spent a decent chunk of change on it. Been saving for it for a while. Got a bunch of 4K movies I have lined up here. I'm getting ready to watch. Got Suspiria. Dario Gento's a Suspiria. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Phantom Thread. I guess that's not 4K, but I'm still excited to watch that again. Jaws. Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, which um, Washington Throne favorite Jordan C. Johnson recommended to me. Apocalypse Now, which I haven't seen in like 15 years, which made me feel really old. And Ad Astra, which I think is a movie that looked really cool in 4K. Um... Gosh, I'm just sitting here trying to kill time. Uh-oh. <laughs> here we go. A uh, false alarm. Okay, good. I, if it was a real alarm, I think we'd have to pause the podcast. 
Yeah. No, I think you. I think you're right. <laughs> it's okay though. I've been updating the listeners on my 4K TV. So like, if anything, the show got a little better when you left. <laughs> I always knew that would happen. <laughs> In fact, this show is just now a 4K programming show. So amazing. Hmm. We've reached our final form. <laughs> Super Saiyan form. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, Kanye, once again, getting back to his fashion choices and just the fact that he's going to dress how he dresses and people are going to clown on that. But look at the success that he's had, despite what people said. Yeah. Um, And just one more thing really quick, uh, a a notable difference from Heard Him Say, where Kanye's kind of doing more spoken word and uh, uh, talking a bit slower, I guess the energy is so high right away of the verse. Like he's rapping really fast and he's like constantly changing his flow. It's cool. It is. <laughs> and then before cam got the shit to pop, like Cameron just was also wearing like pink polo, pink clothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, before cam got the shit to pop and the doors was closed, I felt like the bad boy street team. So he's just talking about like, kind of like heard him say, went back to the day. He's just saying, like, this is back in the time period where, like, they thought this was a negative. Right. And before Cam was doing his thing, like, when I didn't have my deal and I was struggling and I felt like bad boy street team, I couldn't work the lock. So apparently that's a reference to the rap group made up of Jadakus, Styles P, and Sheik Louch name the locks about it about it we take yours while you pout about it truck step out the horse want to crowd around it you can see me on optimum tv on your bathroom turn the light out scream bloody mary one two three she can't use a friend so they had one bigger album but couldn't get it going and they left bad boy records to join rough rider entertainment in 1998 so kanye essentially just calling out the fact that it's like, this was a rap group that, like, Bad Boys team on the streets couldn't get popular. Like, they couldn't market them well, and nothing was working. So that's the play on rap history that he's using to talk about just not being able to <laughs> get a deal. Yeah. You kind of miss this version of Kanye sometimes. Like, the the sort of needless uh, references to pop culture. Like, this line doesn't really, like, mean anything. Like, it, it does. Like, he's making parallels with a hip-hop group that didn't make it. But you also just, like, can't but feel like, oh, Connie's just referencing something in the show that he knows about it. And I kind of miss well, that. <laughs> it makes me think of the Kids See Ghosts verse, right? Uh, do you remember Kanye has that part where he references the YouTube, like, rap battle? Oh, right, yeah. So, oh, yeah, that's such a weird reference he does. Yeah, it's, uh, I gotta stay the best, man. What <laughs> else do you expect from uh, Mr. West, man? And that's just it. Like, stay the best is a reference to a YouTube rap battle that, like, went viral because the one kid's rap was so absurd. Yeah. No, yeah, Kanye's good at that. Yeah. His humor knows no bounds. Uh, so that like sets the stage of where like Rockefeller and hip hop was at this point, right? So Kanye's talking that like late two uh, late nineties like two thousand period, and he talks about me and my mama hopped in that U-Haul van, and what last call this would be the point where he gets the eviction notice. Mm-hmm. 
So he's like, all right, off to New Jersey I go. <laughs> that is an interesting part of this because like Connie's just kind of rehashing a bunch of stuff he already talked about in the last album. Mm-hmm. But, really uh, getting us like caught up. Yeah, but it's also just infused with a different energy, kind of, kind of like we talked about earlier. Like, again, talking about similar stuff in College Dropout, but this song in particular, like it's skipping past the whole journey of College Dropout where he builds to this point where he felt like he touched the sky, like Kanye's on top. And it's almost like he's giving us like a really quick uh, recap of the last episode, you know? Yeah, right. Like previously on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's funny too is that last call like came out before Kanye was like big, right? Like he had his production credits, but the college dropout had it dropped and he had the line about like, they thought the dropout (laughs) would drop then flop. Like he was calling a shot, but now we're getting a version of him like going over similar territory, but actually having had the success of the college dropout, which is kind of funny. So surprised there's not a line. That's like, I told you so. Yeah, he's never see. That's how you know. <laughs> so you know, Kanye like truly knows how great he is. <laughs> he never called out that line. Um, all right, so he and his mom hop in the U-Haul van. Uh, any pessimists? I ain't talked to them. Yeah, you know, you don't need those. You don't need people trying to bring you down. Absolutely. Plus, I ain't have no phone in my apartment. Apartment. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny, actually. Like. He, the reason he's not talking to anyone is because he doesn't have a phone, but he plays it off like, but they were pessimists, so I wasn't going to talk to him anyway. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> it's just that little bit of like arrogance, but also like eh, having poking some fun at himself. Yeah. But Kanye like notoriously didn't have a cell phone or like even a mobile. I mean, at this point, like a lot of people didn't have cell phones, right? But even once he became successful like gearing up to like 2009 2010 Kanye didn't like having a cell phone he actually got a cell phone so he could talk to Kim uh that's so funny because that's the only reason I got a text messaging plan for my phone like I didn't get a phone to my freshman year of college and I did not feel the need to start texting until I met Lauren and like that's when it happened yeah you're just like hey can we put on like (laughs) 50 texts a month just so I can, you know, kind of text Lauren. Yeah. Seriously, mom, come on. I remember I got to college and I had 250 texts <laughs> per month and I went over that in the first month. So my parents got like the plan that gave you a thousand text messages a month. And then I went over that, that <laughs> the course. next month. Yeah. So then they just got unlimited texting. I wanted to see how long this was going to go. Then we got the 2,000 plan. Then we got the 5,000 plan. <laughs> nah. It was pretty quick. You I, know? I, and now I, I could be back to the 250 text plan. I think be good. <laughs> yeah. Can we get a, a negative text plan? Like, what if I give up some of the texts I receive? <laughs> you return the sender and you get money back? <laughs> Chris, you'd be rich. Uh, that would actually be like a great way to show that you really care about somebody. Like I could have rejected this text and got 10 cents, but instead I accepted it. Very true. Yeah. They would be honored. That's how you know we're still friends. Mm Mm-hmm.
Let's take him back to the club. Least about an hour I stand online. Yeah. So Kanye just still like in this early phase, having moved to New Jersey, like going out to the club, standing in line, like he's wanting to dance. Uh, he went to Jacob the jeweler just after he got his advance. And so he's like rocking this like chain because he wanted to shine. So Kanye in his early days before like superstardom. And this is just like the start of him being able to touch the sky, right? And seeing that this is a thing that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, with Jay's favorite line, dog in due time. Yeah, a lot of this really, again, recalls heard him say, like, you know, being in the congregation, Al Akbar, and throwing some hot cars, things we see on the screen that are not ours. Like, here's Kanye finally, like, taking that step towards something he thinks is going to add value to his life. Yep. Which material possessions? Mm-hmm. It's a story of his. <laughs> I mean, it's been the story of his whole career, but especially early on here, just like all falls down, feels infused to so much of these albums. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get this, I guess, jump ahead, right, from the Jay line, like Jay favorite line, "Dog in due time." That's what Jay was saying then, and we get the jump to present day. Now we look at me like, "Damn, dog, you where I am." <laughs> it's such a. And I don't mean this in a negative way, but it's such a corny line. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I also feel like this is very cinematic of Kanye, right? right. Like you have the graphic match in cinema where you'll see like a baseball hit into the air and then <laughs> it cuts to like a baseball landing in a mitts and the kids 10 years older. Right. Kind of thing. And that's exactly where Kanye's at, except he looks at the camera. He's like, hip hop legend. <laughs> and I also like how he gives Jay this like golly gee kind of voice, you know, like I can't even yeah. picture Jay being like that. Damn, dog, you where I am. <laughs> uh, hip hop legend. I think I died in that accident because this must be heaven. Yeah, which, you know, referring to the car crash that he had before the college dropout, leaving the studio, almost killed him, caused through the wire and set off his whole career. Which, again, may or may not confirm my theory that Connie's life is just a Jacob Ladder scenario. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just part of this false reality he's created. <laughs> I'll gladly be part of a false reality. <laughs> it's not reality. a bad way to, to live. No, I'll be... God, anybody play Final Fantasy X? <laughs> I don't want to spoil Final Fantasy X, okay. but... Don't for me, because I'm definitely going to play it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So that's uh, that's kind of the the punchline that we get before we head into the chorus, like because this must be heaven, which is also nice because it's touch the sky, right? Right. And that's when like, the horns blow up again, and you go right back into that energy of the hook. The horns, Travis. Love it. Love it. Jesus is king. <laughs> the horns. <laughs> it's just a preview of Jesus is king. That's what we knew back then. Kanye was foreshadowing. Yeah, of course Jesus he is. is he know he understands how to tell a decades-long story. Just Blaze was foreshadowing Jesus is we, King. Don't talk about that part. <laughs> that part. Uh, 
so then we have the post chorus introduced right mm. so we get the we get the i gotta testify um and you do get this like nice resonance of kanye saying at the end of that first verse like this must be heaven and then the chorus is saying like for the day i die i'm gonna touch the sky which is like what he was feeling and thinking and then in the verses we're seeing like he's reached that point so you kind of get this idea of the the goal of it and then the i guess joy of him having reached the goal and hearing that joy come through But in the post chorus, you get now let's take them high, I, 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 top of the world, baby, top of the world, <laughs> a la 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 la, top of the world, yeah. Again, though, it's just like it, it's it's funny though thinking about it now. I I don't know if I had thought of this before, but yeah, the the production's kind of like uh, ordinary for a Kanye song. I would say again, not in a bad way. Like it's fun, it's upbeat, like it's very radio worthy. But Kanye himself is like doing a lot of work vocally, and it, it's almost like like he saw that the production was like pretty straightforward. He's like, okay, I'll do a bunch of shit <laughs> and insert the production I usually do, and he's just like got so much energy and doing so many different things with his voice. Like it's it's cool. It is, and that's fun too, right? Like that's always one of the best parts to sing along to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the second verse comes back through and you get that like faster energy picking back up from Kanye's rapping, right? Yeah. Um, and we take a step back again. Back in Gucci with the shit to rock. Back with Slick Rick got the shit to pop. I do anything to say I got it. Damn, them new loafers hurt my pocket. Before anybody wanted K-West beats, me and my girl split the buffet at KFC. Dog, I was having nervous breakdowns. Like, man, these niggas that much better than me, baby. I'm going on an airplane. So Kanye says, back when Gucci was the shit to rock, back when Slick Rick got that shit to pop, I'd do anything to say I got it. <laughs> desperate right like uh damn them new loafers hurt my pockets so he's spending before like he had the money to really buy new loafers yeah and, and i think he like purposely when we just like putting gucci and slick rick like back to back you know like it almost became like this foreshadowing about kanye's style would be like he wants to be in high fashion and he like he's got more of like a, a hip-hop feel to like his looks and everything and and we know he's really inspired by slick rick like there's just so many elements of future kanye like right there in the beginning of that verse we have these little ingredients that led to kanye being kanye mm. um and he says before anybody wanted k west beats right mm -hmm. still like 80s 90s time period me and my girl split the bucket at kfc well i guess born in 77 so probably 90s <laughs> do you think he says split the bucket uh yeah i always thought he said split the bucket at kfc because is there a buffet at kfc yeah yeah i remember that was a specialty for the bean family when i was a fat little child oh man i remember there being a buffet at like pizza hut oh of or course. the salad bar there was a salad bar at pizza hut they, they'd have buffets too 
Chris, nice. I know okay. by buffets. You know your buffets. So <laughs> you did have a competitive eating period. I should believe anything you say about food. I also worked um, a summer job where like all we did was move furniture in and out of buildings. And you would just get like, I mean, be working your ass off. And then like once a week we would go to a buffet and like, I, I have to say I uh, hopped all of the hot buffet spots in Bloomington, Illinois. So I could tell you about any of them. Okay. Well, how did the buffet at KFC well, compare to the rest of Bloomington, Illinois? Um, it's just as shitty as the rest of Bloomington, Illinois. <laughs> I like KFC. I don't know why I'm dogging on them. That's bleak. <laughs> I, it's uh, The KFC, there wasn't really one around Canal Fulton, Ohio. Like, ah. There was one a little more towards Belden Village, but it was off and away from things. So it wasn't something that like... I grew up like getting or people getting. We were much more like Taco Bell uh, or Pizza Hut kind well, of thing. What about KFC. chicken? Do you have like Boston Market, Popeyes? Uh, there was no Popeyes. I think Boston Market was around, but it was another thing where like it wasn't as prevalent in the area. Like mm. I think they had some Ohio locations. I remember the name, but I don't remember ever getting it. No, uh, so like chicken, Kenny you Rogers? usually get chicken. No, Kenny Rogers. Okay. Just making sure. Like, if you were ordering East of Chicago, you could get, like, chicken from East of Chicago or chicken from Domino's? Hmm. No, that doesn't sound So right. not a lot of fried chicken in your childhood. Grocery store fried For chicken. For sure. I mean, Jewel Chicken's where it's at. Or Eagle Chicken what? or Jewel Osco. Kroger. What? You don't know what Jewel Osco is? No. Oh. I thought they were, well, they're a pretty big supermarket chain in Illinois anyway. <laughs> That's how I always felt about Giant Eagle. Like, I got to college, and I was just like, oh, Giant Eagle. And people are like, what? <laughs> and I was like, the national, like, <laughs> the biggest supermarket chain in the world, Giant Eagle. And they're like, no, nah, I think that's just, like, an Ohio thing. <laughs> Bloomington had an eagle, so I'm there with you. All right, you had you had you had the eggs. Yeah, we had eggs. I went to eggs a lot. <laughs> Never called it eggs before. <laughs> okay, um, so me and my girl split the buffet at KFC. I guess there's a buffet at KFC, and he says, "Dog, I was having nervous breakdowns." Um, yeah, <laughs> like man, these guys that much better than me since. Other people were getting record deals. Other people were getting their beats used. And Kanye's just like freaking out. Like, <laughs> how are they getting the opportunities and I'm not? And this is kind of like where I'm at. Like buying loafers that hurt my pocket and splitting the buffet at KFC. Splitting the buffet at KFC. I'm going on an airplane and I don't know if I'll be back again. Sure enough, I sent the plane tickets, but when she came to kick it, things became different. Any girl I cheated on, she skeeted on, couldn't keep it at home, thought I needed a knee alone. I'm trying to right my wrongs, but it's funny them saying wrongs help me write the song now. I gotta testify. And then you get the next line, which again kind of transitions us to baby, I'm going on an airplane and I don't know if I'll be back again, which is a reference to leaving on a jet plane. Oh man, takes me back. I'm leaving on a jet plane, don't know when I'll be back again. Oh babe, I hate to go. 
was this a, a song that you used to listen to? I just um, I, it takes me back. It makes me sound like I grew up in the '60s. I uh, I just remember <laughs> my dad listened to classic rock constantly, and I remember hearing the song a lot. Nice. My dad listened to classic rock too, but it was just just Pink Floyd. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. My dad listened to Pink Floyd. I even watched The Wall with my dad, which is a weird experience. Actually, I think we've talked about it in the show, so I, I no need to repeat that story. <laughs> I think we did. I remember because I also watched The Wall with my dad. See, yeah, um, that's how it started. It's a very dad thing. So yeah, leaving you know on I'm going to do plane, it with my kids someday. Yeah, I'm going to have my kids sit there and watch <laughs> Kanye's Coachella <laughs> performance. <laughs> Like, Dad, why are you crying? She's like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> he wore a blouse. Do you know how many risks this man took? You just don't get it. Uh, leaving on a jet plane starts off with, all my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye, but the dawn is breaking. It's early morn. The taxi's waiting. He's blowing his horn. Already, I'm so lonesome I could cry. So kiss me and smile for me. Tell me that you'll wait for me. Hold me like you'll never let me go because I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. Oh, baby, I hate to go. So, yeah, uh, this is a end of a rate relationship because this guy's getting ready to leave to chase success. And he says that when I come back, I'll wear your wedding ring. And every song I sing, I sing for you. And every place I go, I'll think of you. So there's kind of this heartbreak for it. But at the end of the day, the guy's still going to pursue his music career over like his relationship. And Kanye is in a similar situation where he's saying like, hey, Sumiki, <laughs> like the daughter of Mr. Rainey, I... Uh, I'm leaving on a jet plane, and I don't know if I'll be back again. So you're also theorizing that Touch the Sky was a precursor to 30 Hours. Yeah, yeah. Touch the Sky is like 30 Hours, like a callback song like that. <laughs> it is funny. Like That's so funny, because in 30 Hours, it goes into way more detail and paints much more of a picture. But And again, this isn't a knock and Touch the Sky, but a lot of it does feel like he's just going through as many moments as he can like then this happened then that happened and this happened and that's how i got here touching the sky ta-da <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very just biographical and straightforward like you want to know my origin story here we go yeah but it, like it doesn't need to be more than that because again it's very purposeful coming out of heard him say which is a song where like, it doesn't feel like anyone has a chance to this guy who did it despite all these things standing in his way try these things that could have seemingly brought him down and knocked him out like he kept pushing and made it uh, that's the power of the album experience right if you just look at at it as the individual song enjoyable maybe a little straightforward and one-dimensional but when you look at it as part of the intertextuality contextuality of the album and the role it plays on the album there's suddenly more depth and context to it that it's a part of yeah so yeah um sure enough i sent the plane tickets but when she came to kick it things became different uh, mm. i hate when that happens tell you about tell you what man no and then like, it makes it sound so innocent at first like <laughs> oh she came to kick it and things became different and aren't i a good guy i sent plane tickets for her <laughs> and the very next line any girl i cheated on 
<laughs> sheets I skated on. Which, oh, like, I guess he's saying that if he cheated, he, like, pulled out? Hmm. Is this also a precursor to Father Stretch My Hands? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Sure. But also a precursor to Celebration? Uh, well, that one would make a little more sense. But just the idea, like, here he's saying, like, I'm actively avoiding yeah. <laughs> trying to, like, knock someone up. And then by celebration, he's just like, ah, it's a celebration. And I accidentally got somebody pregnant. But I love the kid. I think. I do. Sure. I do. Junior, you're asking, busting through the packaging. Uh, <sighs> could it keep it at home? Thought I needed a knee along. So Classic. Nia Long was just uh, an actress at the time. Yeah. Was she anything she's else? Actually, no. I guess just actress. She's, she's also like in the. Uh, oh yeah, that makes sense. She's also in the Touch the Sky video, which is pretty great. Alongside Pamela Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Kanye just saying like he thought he needed like a, a model, an actress, like somebody that looked like Nia Long kind of thing. Uh, and that's why he was cheating. He thought he deserved that. And now he's saying, I'm trying to right my wrongs, but it's funny. Them same wrongs helped me write this song. Yeah. Which... I mean, this is all the seeds for like what would plague Kanye eventually, like all the temptations of celebrity and like how you think you're supposed to act as a celebrity. All these things you like idealize and think make you seem cool. And then you realize like, Oh, this makes my life like shitty and hard and empty. Yeah. And also dangerous because any bad behavior, right? You tell yourself, well, it helped me write the song. Like it's helped me do this. I mean, we're okay. seeing even here, the seed of everything I am. Sure. And can't tell me nothing. And just kind of that that ego that forms of, yeah, I do some stuff that's not great, but hey, everything I'm not's made me everything I am. Yeah, right. Mm. And that's where we end the second verse, which a little more like anti-hero than yeah. the first verse. <laughs> yeah. And I and I think that's purposely done because then it heads into Gold Digger, which paints a much more like complex and um I don't want to say dire, but just like it's like a real look at celebrity and like what it can do to people. And it's not always pretty. Yeah. And there's probably something still harmless to this, too, in Kanye's perspective of just like, yeah, you know, relationship wasn't going to work out. And I'm trying to do better now and I can touch the sky. So I think I'll do better now. <laughs> Root for me root for me and you get the chorus coming back in i gotta testify uh come up in the spot looking extra fly yeah yeah, yep uh and then we get lupe fiasco and this was actually the big debut of lupe right yeah at least yeah definitely to like a wider audience yeah there's no way that it, like lupe hadn't made a song ever in his life <laughs> and then kind of like hey kid can you rap <laughs> want to try this out yeah, but uh, this was Lupe's like mainstream arrival in that way. Um, which uh, are you prepared to go through a Lupe verse? 
uh, I'm usually prepared for just about any verse in a Kanye song, but this one, I, I think I need a, just a quick second. I'll give you three seconds. Okay. You can do it. Come on. You can do it, Travis. I know it's crazy, but you can do it. Okay. Okay. For the day you die, you gonna touch the sky. Yes, yes, yes. Guess who's on third? Lupe still like looping the third. Here like here till I'm bitter on the curb. Peach fuzz buzz, but bitter on the verge. Let's slow it down like river on the serve. Bottle shaped body like Mrs. Butterworth. But before you say another word, I'm back on the block like I'm laying on the street. I'm trying to stop lying like a mum but I'm not. So Lupe Fiasco, one of the densest lyricists <laughs> yeah I think that's have. a way to put it <laughs> like it not dense as in like man that guy's dense but like dense as in like <laughs> he's doing a lot yeah he's there's a lot crammed a lot into this play. thing yeah just like you listen to mural from tetsuo and youth and you're just like the dude just made like a what is it when uh there's 16 entendres yeah like it's not a double triple quadruple (laughs) or quintuple septuple a dodecahedron entendre yeah yeah uh so lupe starts with like you know yes 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 see already he's so dense that he has to put in three (laughs) yeses rather than just one yes Yes, yes, yes. Guess who's on third, which I'm pretty sure is a reference to the Abbott and Costello <laughs> skit, who's right. on which first. Which you had to explain to me in the prep, because I, I had no idea what it meant. No, you had never, which is surprising to me. Like, it's one of the, I think when we were kids, it was something that was still like referenced a lot in cartoons right, and like on Bugs shows. Bugs Bunny and shit. Yeah, Bugs Bunny definitely would have spoofed that. Um, but... I don't know if it gets talked about as much anymore, but it was a famous skit where it was just like Abbott or Costello pick one <laughs> saying, Hey, who's on first? And the other's like, who? And he's like, that's what I'm asking. Who's on first? He's like, yeah, who's on first? And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm asking you who's on first. And the guy's like, who's on first? And he's like, fine. Like who's on second? He's like, no, no, no. Who's on first? What's on second? I was like, I'm not asking you what's on second. I'm asking you who's on second. He's like, who's not on second? Who's on first? And then you just realize that who's the name of the first baseman. Right. And like, what's the name of the second baseman? And like, why is the third baseman? And they have this whole thing that they go down and, you know, it's very clever. Classic and clever. So classic that I didn't know what it was. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Lupe starts off with who's on third. Uh, But, But it's also like, it's the third verse, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah. who's on third? Lupe. But also, he's just the second artist on the song. Mm, hmm. Interesting. Here we go. Did I just poke the biggest hole in Lupe Fiasco's verse? <laughs> it makes no sense now. Yep. You're welcome, listeners. Uh, so then Lupe says, Lupe steal like Lupin the third uh, which is his answer to the question, who's on first? It's Lupe, and he's stealing, I guess, the song mm-hmm. or maybe the verse from Kanye. He's like, Kanye had a verse here. I snuck into the studio. I'm putting this in. Uh, but Lupin the Third is a anime character who is a thief. Yeah, that's about so, it. <laughs> Lupe, he's also, yeah, uh, Lupe's also stealing home, 
So that's like it, it. It is kind of a, it's almost like a triple entendre right there. Look at him go dense already. <laughs> yeah, because if you're on third and you're stealing, you got You're stealing home. I you're mean, unless score. you're running back to second base and you're playing baseball wrong. <laughs> or, or you're ushering in a new age of the game. Mm, I like this. Uh, so steal like loop in the third and hear like ear till I'm beer on the curb. All right, here we go. Yeah. Oh, what was this again? It was something that beer on the curb, you pour one out. If somebody dies as a sign of respect. So he's saying that he's here until he's beer on the curb. And he's here like ear, but he's like, but so like here, like ear. So it's both here, like he's standing here, but like here like an ear oh, so yeah. you're hearing yeah. him which guys i told you i needed those three seconds to get ready for this <laughs> yeah 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 and then eight months ago h willie 213 added <laughs> something was missing on the genius annotation for this line saying ear also means before as in he was is and forever will be indicating he is both timeless and godlike Okay, sure. I mean, I know Lupe has some pretty big fans, so if, if people want to reach that far with it, like, go for it. We I know all about it with Kanye, so. Yeah, we get it. We can't criticize anybody <laughs> except Taylor Swift fans. Uh, so then he goes to, I'm beer on the curb, peach fuzz buzz, but beard on the verge. So Lupe's still a young man who has peach fuzz and has a buzz that's uh, peach fuzz-like. But the beard's coming in. He wants you to know. And he's also got a buzz because of the beer that was poured out. Oh, yeah. He might. Uh, Look, see, he. Th- these are the kind of connections. Like, I know people love it. And, and in a sense, like, I kind of do because his verse is kind of, like, goofy and adolescent in that way. Like, it, there's, like, it has that energy to it, which is cool. It's his own aesthetic. But, it, but also at the same time, I'm also, I just can't but always think, like, that sometimes I feel like needless connections between lines and words. Like, like, I guess he's just having fun with it, but at the same time, like, it's not like there's much depth there. Right. Cause beer gets you buzzed, like buzz comes up and then he also is a new artist, right? So mm-hmm. he just has a growing buzz. So like there's the connection cleverness. And I guess this is, this is why we always talk about like, there is what like wordplay on the degree that people think like this is wordplay on the level of like top tier, like lyricism. Right. But then you have something like Kanye's doing on heard him say, or the connections between this, which I think is more our style of what we right. think of when we think of great lyricism rather than just like clever connections. Yes. Yeah, right. Um, so what the buzz refers to the alcohol. It refers to his growing like interest from the public but also his haircut, but also his facial hair. <laughs> and also a peach. Also a peach. And then also Peach Fuzz is the name of a manga released in the United States the same year the song was in court- recorded. <laughs> of course. I remember so that. six. It was all over the news. We have s- <laughs> uh, The Bloomington Times. Yep, Bloomington, the, the Panagraph, but yeah. Uh, sorry. How dare you sorry. not know the Bloomington newspaper? 
I don't think Canal Fulton. Canal Fulton had a newsletter. Oh yeah. Well, you know, it's just as good as a newspaper, really. Yeah. Um, let's slow it down. Like we're on the syrup. Okay. Uh, the syrup being the the drink of choice for a lot of mm-hmm. Southern rappers. Uh, Little Wayne was known to partake because it's syrup. You know, molasses-y, right. slow. But the buzz also comes back because you get buzzed off of it. And, you know, when you eat pancakes, like, it makes you feel sluggish and it, like, really slows you down. It's There's a lot of connections being made here. That's true. Syrup does make you think of pancakes, which is why the next line is bottle-shaped body like Mrs. Butterworth. But he was talking about himself, so I guess he's <laughs> saying his body is bottle-shaped. Oh, God. Uh, sure. <laughs> which, sure. Like you have Kade being like, "Oh yeah, I got this pink polo and rocks," and then you have Lupe being like, "I have a bottle-shaped body, like Mrs. Butterworth." You know what? I take it back. I really like this verse. <laughs> um, but before you say another word, because <laughs> he's just like, "I don't want you saying anything about my bottle-shaped body." Like, because it almost seems like. In that moment, when he said that line in the studio, Kanye wanted to like stop him and be like, "Uh, are you saying?" And then Luke's just like, "Before you say another word," <laughs> he just dramatically holds up one finger. <laughs> uh, I'm back on the block, like I'm laying on the street. <laughs> this was the line that broke us in prep. It was because it's just like, all right. So if you're lying on the street, then you are probably laying on your back so he's saying that he's back on the street so he's like returning to the block where he's from or to the streets where he's from you know staying staying real like not getting too carried away with celebrity in the limelight um and he's so back on the block right that it's like he's laying on the street like that physical contact which is just like okay sure that's great yeah yeah I'm back on the block like I'm laying on the street. I'm trying to stop lying like I'm unrobbed, but I'm not lying when I'm laying on the beat. On God, a touche, Lupe, cool as the unthought, but I still feel possessed as a gun charge. The come as correct as a pawn star. And the fresh pair of steps and my best for a car. So, I represent the first. Now let me in my verse right where the horns are. Like, uh, I gotta testify. Come up in the spot looking extra. And then I'm trying to stop lying like I'm Mumra. Uh, so Mumra was the villain in Thundercats. Yep, and he looks like a yep. mummy, and mummies lay, I guess. So that's that. That's the play on laying on the street. Oh God, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I, I guess think. he does like he is in a sarcophagus, isn't he? Sure. Yeah. Although a lot of mummies, you know, sleep standing up. Do they? Yeah, because sometimes the casket's like laying up against a wall or something. <laughs> Could you imagine like you have Tutankhamen who has this nice like pedestal that he's laid out on like flat mm. and horizontal able to like relax and then you're the, the mummy that they're just like ah, prop him up in the corner. <laughs> but it's better because when you make your grand entrance out of the coffin to scare somebody, you could just like walk out right at him. That's, that's pretty hardcore. Oh, you don't have to sit up. Like, I feel like a mummy that's... Would a mummy have a hard time sitting up? I don't know. I mean, the only disadvantage I see is you might have to, like, 
like bend your knees a little bit, like get in a squatting position and like limp your legs <laughs> up a bit before you go attack the person. But um, yeah, you know, there's advantages to any kind of being buried as a mummy. Actually, yeah, now that I think about like having your legs wrapped as a mummy, trying to get out of the horizontal. Yeah, you know, no, that's right. Yeah, it, it's a tough life. Yeah. Huh. Uh, well, so I'm trying to stop lying like a mumra. Uh, Thundercats. Thundercats, the main character was Lion-O. So I'm trying to stop Lion-O like a mumra, yeah. essentially, is what he's saying. So you have multiple. You have multiple. I'm sure there's somebody listening that's just like, you're not excited enough about <laughs> these lines. Like... Your energy level is too low. It sounds like you're disrespecting Lupin. Well, it, it's more that like when you have to like go through each line and explain each one, it's more just exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> like and it's clever. Like it's clever, yeah. but it's also like okay. Sure. Yeah. This yeah, no. I, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> okay. Uh so Lupe is trying to not lie, but he's also trying to be Lion-O. <laughs> But he's also Mumra. Anyway. Okay. Uh, but I'm not lying when I'm laying on the beat <laughs> on guard. So he's trying to stop lying in his day-to-day life, but he's not lying when he's rapping. Like everything he says in his raps is authentic. And he wants you to know that, as a lot of rappers do. Mm-hmm. They take pride in being real. He is Mumra. Even though almost <laughs> almost every rapper exaggerates, even though they all tell you that they're being like honest as can right. be um but he says i'm not lying when i'm laying on the beat on guard which is a clever way of saying on god but on guard is the fencing term which just means let's battle what, like get yeah let's ready or let's ready let's get ready to fight <laughs> let's, let's get, get ready, ready and then let us let's fight yeah and he follows that up with or touche which <laughs> is uh another <laughs> fencing term you can't say on guard or touche like on guard has to be said first before the touche can be delivered yeah because the touche is a, a point like a yeah like uh, oh you got me a hit yeah um uh, <laughs> like oh i've been hit touche oh i've been so run. yeah <laughs> it doesn't work as like one or the other it'd be like I no unguard or touche. Let's find. Uh, yeah, I'm confused. Who knows? Anyway, I was trying to think of like a baseball example. I was like, it's a home run or a walk, but that works. So like, you can't hit a home run or walk. That's very true. But it's almost like, hmm. Maybe it's not as ridiculous as I yeah, thought. It's Maybe really it's starting to make something. sense. <laughs> uh, Lupe cool as the unthought. So if you're this one. In the yeah, do I need to? <laughs> I'm just sitting here shaking my head slowly. Uh, and then, but I still feel possessed as a gun charge. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this one is just like it's all over the place. <laughs> I forgot that line. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, I always say that line whenever I'm hearing the song. I can say every single one of these lines, and I'm like, feel possessed as a gun. Ch-. Like you're so into it. But the step, the second you stop to think about it, man, you're just like trying to seriously apply logic to all of the lines, <laughs> and it's just serious, like one after the other of like, 
my bottle-shaped body <laughs> still feels possessed as a gun charge. Uh, all right, so what? This is working on the fact that people get charged with possession of a gun. Yep. Uh, but then guns are also, like, they fire through the the charge. Like, the gun... They still use gunpowder, right? Mm-hmm. In the bullets. So, like, there's something, like, energetic about him as well. So he has both, like, the gun charge possession reference, but also, like, firing of a gun and like a gun's ability to be fired yeah i guess so uh (laughs) come as correct as a porn star oh god i forgot we had to talk about this line do we have to talk about it yeah i mean do you want to do you not want to all right let's do it i mean it's it's my sacred duty to talk about Kanye lines, you know? That's true, but, but uh, if it's in a Kanye song, I feel like I have to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so, come correct typically what refers to, like, deals with things. Like, you're supposed to follow the, the procedures of a deal, whether that's like, uh, oh, you better come alone mm-hmm. or bring the money with you, like that kind of thing. <laughs> like, I just keep picturing Are you all just these, giving like, us lines from your own life? Yeah, <laughs> drawing on personal experience. Okay. Uh, but thinking of like mob movies or drug deals, uh, like come correct in that way. But then when he's saying as a porn star, it changes the idea of coming correctly. It sure does. Because porn stars must ejaculate at the proper time. <laughs> not before and not after, but... Are you reading the genius annotation or is this just your take on it? This is just my take. Okay. Given as academically and scholarly as I can. I think you should add an annotation to what's on here already. Yeah. Porn stars are a very timing-based business. <laughs> they really are. Uh, so he's saying that he just, you know, has a lot of self-control, but also always shows up in the manner in which uh, is expected of him mm-hmm. to do business. And always comes. <laughs> no. Yeah. He said it, not me. He said it. It's, it's right there in the song. Uh, but I just don't think he should have used a preposition to start the next line. I don't think he should have used, could have been the how he started a lot of these sentences. Because the lines like, come as correct as a porn star in a fresh pair of steps in my best foreign car. It just sounds like he's he's... He's coming in a pair of shoes in his car. Oh, God. Semantics here. Yeah. I mean, that's not what he meant, right? Uh, That can't can't be what he meant. Honestly, like, I think he meant everything with this verse. So, like, you could be right. (laughs) It just sounds like he has, like, a very strange fetish that he's engaging with and revealing on his debut mainstream verse. Yeah, man. I mean... That, that takes some confidence to do that. It's pretty bold. <laughs> he made Kanye <laughs> look shy. He really did. How can I, how can I like let people know I, I am more honest than Kanye West? I know. You know what? I'll though, reveal. To Lupe's credit, like you, when you think about what the song is and like how it's building on what Kanye's doing, you know, Kanye's trying to paint this picture of somebody who's like, 
thriving as a celebrity and here's this this kid like like he's a he, he imbues like what a fresh celebrity like how they would think of you know being celebrity and being famous and just like how ridiculously over the top you can be now you make a terrific point and probably where we should have taken this conversation a long time ago <laughs> is just the idea that lupe as this being his debut kanye is literally helping somebody touch the sky yeah that's true like another artist that's coming from a place that was probably like similar to kanye and wasn't sure how he was going to make it in the industry and kanye saying here i want you to be on one of the biggest singles <laughs> of this decade yeah, I know this is what it's going to be, and we're going to give you a showcase, and you're going to get to do your thing. Like, we talk often about how Kanye, especially later by the time we get to, like, Yeezus, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the guest features he has represent an aspect of his psyche or another period of uh, his life kind of thing. And Lupe here is channeling yeah, that, right? Totally. Like, he's the embodiment of what Kanye was and the embodiment of the hopes that Kanye have art has already Kanye has already obtained. That's really interesting because he kind of did it on college dropout, you know, where like never let me down where Jay-Z represents like the pinnacle of fame and what Kanye could attain. And Jay Ivy represents, you know, God and spirituality. Like he, 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 a lot of times in college, dropout, he uses people he admires and like these storied hip hop icons that represents something he wants to attain. Like here, he's just doing the same thing, but with like a fresh face. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and some ways it's almost like now he is where Jay-Z was on uh, Never Let Me Down, <laughs> right. right? And Lupe is where Kanye was. Sure, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so at the end, we get... Uh, we get So I Represent the First, which oh. low-key... Lupe has been doing a countdown from Lupin the Third to Touche to now I represent the first. So we've gone three, two, one. And he says, now let me end my verse right where the horns are. Like, uh. And then the horns come back in. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing. And then you just like, you go to town. You're just like ready to run through a brick wall. Yep. This was definitely like a, a running workout song for you, oh, wasn't for it? sure. I put this shit on loop and I'll run my best mile time ever. Uh, and then we have the outro, which is actually, man, kind of meaningful because Kanye says, we back at home, baby, sky high, I'm I'm sky high, which I'm guessing we back at home. Uh, like back on the block? Referring to Chicago? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Coming back to the block. Like, uh, this is a thing I should know at this point. Yeah. Lupe's from Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it just kind of, like, it, again, almost feels like a callback to heard him say, like, he's talking to those people that he's trying to, like, inspire and rile up. And 
it's it's not like Kanye ever left home, which is a strange foreshadowing of graduation when he does. Like late registration is still he's he's still infused with Chicago and like the the drive Chicago gave him. Yeah. And celebrating the fact that like he's reached this point and he references here through the sky high i'm sky sky high the goody mob song black ice you have the the hook by big gip saying Touch what I've never touched before, seen what I've never seen before, woke up and seen the sun, sky high, sky high. So this idea of newness and touching what I've never touched, seeing what I've never seen. And that's what Kanye captures here. Like he is in this place where he's touching what he's never touched. He's seeing what he's never seen. He's sky high. That's what he is representing from Chicago. The same way that he talked about and was representing Chicago and heard him say, same way that he's doing here, especially by bringing Lupe into the picture. He's channeling that energy, which is, as we talked about at the beginning, also paying off on the chorus from We Don't Care. We wasn't supposed to make it past 25. Mm -hmm. Joke's on you. We still alive. Throw your hands up in the sky and say, we don't care what people say. But as Kanye talked about on Heard Him Say, that these dreams can feel so far away and that these just seem like visions that are out of reach. Like Kanye has achieved it. Like a rapper from Chicago has achieved it. And now he's bringing another rapper from Chicago to get some spotlights. And who's next is almost like the unspoken aspect of this song to where it's not just I succeeded, but let's all go. Let's get this man. That's fucking awesome. Like that is just Kanye to a T that it, as much as his albums can feel like myopic and contained and narcissistic, he's always thinking about like his place in the world and how he can inspire anybody who has ever felt down like he's felt before. And he just wants to show them like, no, you can get to where I'm at right now. Yeah. And you get that like, oh, I guess it feels good to be home. Feels good to be home. Was he recording this in Chicago? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Huh. It's probably something we should know. I wonder where that... Yeah, I wonder where that comes from. That's something that we should have... I just think, like, even if he's not literally in Chicago when he's recording this verse, like, it's, it's like, infused with that energy, right? Like, he is speaking to the people in Chicago. It's supposed to feel like he's there in the room with you in the moment. (laughs) Oh, bless you, son. Thank you. Thank you, Daddy. Um... (laughs) Yeah, he probably recorded this in New York. Yeah, who knows? But, I mean, he's, like, clearly speaking to Chicago, like, hardcore. I don't know. It was California. Um, But, yeah, absolutely. I just, connecting Chicago, making that, like, song for Chicago, it's something that we see happen on graduation, too. Like, it's very Chicago-oriented. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Until... His albums no longer are. We're not going to talk about that yet. No, we just need to bask in the love between a man and his city. <laughs> God, I'm I'm glad that sentence ended with his city. 
<laughs> rather than his shoe in his best foreign car. Yeah, or like his bottle of syrup or whatever. <laughs> or his shoes, bottle yeah. Shaped, bottle shaped body. Oh man, I'm not gonna get past that. That's a that's a wait lupe what <laughs> moment. <laughs> wow, there's a there's a throwback. throwback. I, I I wonder how many listeners will remember the good old wait Kanye what. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, any any last thoughts on Touch the Sky? No, it's it's an awesome song. I mean, like I said, it is kind of straightforward in that way. Like it's just one sample and like the same sample just looped over and over, but it works in that way. Like it's it's not anything super complicated in terms of like what it is itself but when you apply it to the larger narrative and like where it's placed on the album it just i mean it carries so much weight just like every kanye song does yeah and we'll see in the next episode what touch the sky is setting up and how gold digger really pays off on these first three tracks uh before we head into the skit one and really get into broke by broke and head into what is really like the longest stretch of songs on the album and makes up kind of like the the meats of the album's journey but that trio of heard him say touch the sky and gold digger are really setting the stage for what the album's really going to explore so touch the sky serves a very important introductory Mm -hmm. role as we've seen for just kind of setting the tone of what was and now what is before gold digger brings us into what could be yeah like the first three songs are really like scene setting you know like painting the landscape and what it's like for people who either want to be part of this world or or are part of this world and then um and then you really get a lot of stories from kanye's life that kind of paint celebrity as not as glamorous as he thought it would be yeah yeah not at all Mm -mm. well then well then thank you for listening uh to us babble yeah and if you are a big lupe fan i you know we'll do better next time yeah and if you've got a giant eagle in your town we want to hear about it write to us find us at at connie podcast on twitter and just let us know tell us about your eags experiences we need to know how many states the eags is in hmm there's a lot of eggs in this basket. I'm, I'm sure of it. <laughs> Better yet, go go to a giant eagle and take a picture in front of it and send it to us at Kanye Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, and we will. I guarantee it. We will retweet it if you send it our way. Every single one. Yeah. 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 Well then, until next time. Stay wavy. Keep it loopy. Call for alcohol.